Would you take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 John, chapter 5. We are preaching through the book of 1 John, and we're journeying verse by verse, and we're coming to chapter 5, and we're coming to a very, very special passage of Scripture. As you're turning... I'd like for you to be much in prayer for me this coming week. I've got a special opportunity that I'm really looking forward to. I'm going and preaching a revival this week at my first church I ever pastored. Uh, it's been 35 years since I've been back to that church. And so uh, I'll have an opportunity of going back to Lancaster, South Carolina and uh, preaching to those people there. Uh, I was surprised they still remembered me. But uh, anyway, I was delighted to receive the invitation of coming back. And so I'll be there this week. With your Bibles open, would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's special, holy, divine word of God. 1 John chapter 5. And we'll begin in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. That we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Praise God. May God add his blessings upon the reading of his special divine word of God. Father, we're so grateful to be able to pick up this book and to be able to read verses of scriptures as we've read here this morning and to be encouraged by the Spirit of God. Lord, we pray as today as we open up these words that our heart will be open and that allow the word of God to speak and work and do a wonderful task within our hearts. Father, we pray that our lives will be challenged and convicted. We pray, dear Lord, that we'll be encouraged by the spirit of the living Lord. And Lord, we, as we look upon the birthmarks of a believer, Lord, if there's one here today, that could not recognize a birthmark in his life, that he would come to a saving knowledge of trusting Jesus as Lord and Savior is our prayer. May the filling of your Holy Spirit will be upon us. May the anointing of God will be so well displayed that the manifestation of Jesus Christ would be exhibited. And Father, we exalt you, we love you, and we praise you through your Son, Jesus Christ. 
for we ask it in his name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There's two special days that I will always remember. And those special dates was a special time in my life and my wife's life that we will never, ever forget. One, of course, was April the 13th, 1972, when our first son was born. And I remember there in Stanley County Hospital, there as uh, she delivered our first child, and she held that baby in her hands, our arms, and I remember her saying something that was a delight to my ears. He looks just like you. <laughs> and then I remember, of course, June the 1st, 1978, once again in the same hospital, once again the same setting. She had the baby in her arms. And she looked up at me and she looked at him and she said, he looks just like you. I don't know of anything that makes a father any prouder or makes a man any more thankful than hearing those special words. Your child just been born, a miracle of God being so displayed. I know that even now, as Sean and I favor each other, and I have heard people would say to me, boy, you can't deny that child. That that makes me proud. It makes me proud to know that that child, that man, has come from our household, come from the loins of his dad and mom. Well, the Bible here is a reminder John says here in these first five verses of Scripture that if you're a child of God, that there should be such a resemblance in your life that people would look at you and say, you look just like your father. You look just like your Abba father. And I don't know of anything that probably makes the father any prouder than to hear those special words coming from him, coming from the individual saying those very things. Or someone goes down the road and says, Look at there! There goes a child of God! What a compliment! What a compliment! When someone would say, I see the Lord in your life. What a compliment. In other words, it tells us that you have, or you are displaying and exhibiting certain birthmarks, certain traits of your heavenly Father. I'm going to give you a test today. And this test is to, do, is to determine whether you look like your Father or not whether you act like your father or not. And there's many people today say, I'm a child of God, but yet their life, their actions, and their character does not display the character of the Heavenly Father. So therefore, we need to make sure. We need to allow the Word of God 
to examine our lives and to be able to display to us whether we're in the faith or whether we're not of the faith. Now, that's good. Because, my friend, if you're not in the faith of God, if you're not in the family of God, it tells you that, therefore, that you can become a part of the family of God. Just as I was born into the Burris home, it was a born experience. Just as my children were born into my family, it was a special experience. And every year we celebrate that very fact of that on that special day. Well, my friend, likewise, Jesus said as he spoke to Nicodemus that time, he says, you must be born again. And therefore, my friend, you need to know whether you have ever been born into the family of God or whether you haven't. There are certain traits, there are certain birthmarks that John lays out before us here in this passage of scriptures to help us to see whether I am in the faith or whether I am not of the faith. Because these certain birthmarks These certain traits will be so well exhibited, you will know it, and not only you will know it, but your family will know it, and your friends will know it. So, let's do that. Let's go and look at these verses of scriptures for a few moments. And uh, I have pulled out four different types of birthmarks. That should be demonstrated in your life. First of all, go back with me to verse 1. And the very first birthmark that should be evident in your life should be the birthmark of conviction. Listen to what he says. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, did you hear what he said? Whoever believes. Now, that word believe is a very interesting, interesting fact when he's talking about believing. Birthmark, birth is tied to belief. And this belief that you have evidence in your heart, a a fact within your heart that I have been born of God, as the Bible says. So the Bible reminds us, just as you could not be a part of my family if you were not born into my family, you cannot be a part of God's family if you're not born into his family. And so, therefore, he tells us that you'll be recognized by your profession. Look what he says there in verse 1. And I want you to take note of it very carefully. Whoever believes that Jesus is what? The Christ. Now, that word Christ is an interesting term. It's an interesting word. It's the Hebrew word that we get Messiah from. It is the word that we get the anointed one from. Not an anointed, but the anointed. There's only one Christ, not many There's only one, and you must come to that profession, must come to that understanding, must come to that belief. There is only one way, one way, one truth, one life. 
And that is the Christ. And he brings this out before us here. And he said, I don't believe that he is an anointed, but he is the anointed one. It's the same conviction as when Jesus was talking to Peter. And you remember what Jesus said to Peter? He said, who do men say that I am? Peter says, well, some say, you know, that you're Elijah. Some say you're Moses. But then Jesus turned and he says, but who do you say that I am? And without question and without hesitation, Peter says, thou art the Christ, the living God. Thou art the Christ, the one and only Christ, God, living Lord. And my friend, that is the profession that you must come to the understanding of here today. Not one of the Christ, not one of many, but thee and thee only. In other words, the one that was born in a cradle. One that was prophesied 750 years before he was ever born. Our Jewish friends, my friend, they're looking for the Messiah. I've got news for them, my friend. They don't have to look any further. He's here. And all they've got to do is open up their blinded eyes and to be able to recognize just as you have, just as you have accepted the Christ as being the living Lord, the one that was born of a virgin. There, placed in a cradle, lived a life of 33 perfect years. And there, upon a cross, he died as a ransom for your sins and for mine. Buried in a grave, rose again. And my friend, he's alive and well today. My friend, I want you to understand, he's the Christ. And he's the Christ that lives in my heart. And he's the Christ that rules and reigns within my life. There's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament prophesying the coming of the Christ into this world. And every single one of those prophecies have come to a fulfillment. Not one single one is lacking. Did you know the Bible said 750 years before Jesus was born? The Bible reminds us he were told how he would be born. Told how he would be born. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 750 years before he was ever born into this world. And then Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Matthew reminds us of something. He says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, for God is with us. My friend, Matthew was just coming back and putting the exclamation point down and saying, this is the one that Isaiah said that we shall call him Emmanuel. And I want you to understand, it came to fulfillment, came to life. 
But we were not only told how he would be born, but we were even told where he would be born. Micah, 450 years. He says, but you, Bethlehem, talking about there would come in a little town called Bethlehem. Can you imagine? 450 years, there was a prophet that told where he would be born at. My friend, how can you explain that? But that it was of God. It's a God thing. God expressed and prophesied through his prophets of old, of the Christ that we serve today. I heard about a pastor was witnessing to a rabbi one time. He said, you tell me that you're looking for the Messiah. Yes, we're looking for the Messiah. He said, well, can you tell me one thing that you can improve on of what Christ hadn't already done? One thing, my friend, Christ is the son of the living God. And my friend, it's time and hour that we need to recognize he is the living Lord. And he lives and rules and reigns in the life and the heart of a believer. So one of the birthmarks that would be in a child of God is conviction of that profession. But not only of that profession, but you would be recognized by your possession. Look what the Bible says in verse 1 again. But whoever believes, look at that word believes. He's not talking about intellectual belief. He's not acknowledging an intellectual fact. There's people today that are members of churches just like ours and even in our own church say, oh, I believe. I believe Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe Jesus is the Christ. I believe that Jesus was the Messiah and he died upon a cross, buried in a grave, rose again and ascended into heaven. I believe that. But my friend, it's all intellectual belief. They have him up here. But they have never experienced him here. And as I've said it before, and others have said, they're going to miss heaven by 18 inches. They believe intellectually. But that's not what John is talking about here. He is talking about a belief that receives, that I have received. I'm reminded of John chapter 1, verse 12. Listen to this passage of Scripture. But as many has received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. Did you see that? Many has received And by receiving, they believe. That's the same thing that John is saying in chapter 5, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him, who is begotten of him. My friend, I'm reminded... 
When I was a little boy, there used to be, and this dates me, uh, there used to be a TV show called The Millionaire. Y'all remember The Millionaire, some of y'all? And, and uh, I always enjoyed that, that TV show. And what it was, it was an individual that represented a millionaire. And he would go to a needy family or he'd go to a needy person. And uh, after a little while, he would tell them the news that they have received a million dollars. Their first reaction is, I can't believe. And then when they, re- when they believed, they received. And my friend, that's exactly the way it is with the Lord. I can't believe that the Lord would love me the way that he loves me. Right. I can't believe that he can take my sins and cast them into as far as from the east Uh, from the east to the west. I can't believe he loves me so much that he would take my sins, cast them into the deepest sea, and bring them never, ever before me again. It's hard for me to believe. But oh, I sure do receive. I receive his precious love. I receive his precious mercy I receive His precious grace. I receive the gift of eternal life. And as I receive, belief comes alive and well within my soul. So I'm recognized. There's a birthmark in my life of a possession of the Lord Jesus Christ with living and dwelling and ruling and reigning in my life. But there's also, there is a position. I recognize by my position. The Bible says in verse 1 that he's born of God. There is that terminology, being born of God. Seven times John uses that phrase, born of God. The only Bible writer that uses that terminology other than the Lord Jesus Christ when Jesus talked about being born again. Amazing how God can bring the sperm of a man and allow the sperm of man Come and intercede with the egg of a woman. You cannot see it with your naked eye, but all of a sudden, there comes life. A miracle that takes place. Who can understand that? And yet John, as he looks at this passage of Scripture, he says, God takes the seed of the Word of God. And He takes the sperm of the will of man. And there he brings the two together in the womb of the Holy Spirit. And out of that comes new life. The Bible says that all things pass away, all things become new because you are a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a joy. What a wonderful truth. That the Bible reminds us today that I am a new creature. I am a child of the living God because I have been born again. Glory, hallelujah. This is what John is talking about. 
I am recognized by my position. So, he gives us the first birthmark. The birthmark of conviction. But then go a little bit further with me and look with me in verse 1 of the birthmark of compassion. Look what he says in the latter part of verse 1. And everyone, everyone, who's he talking about? He's talking about the children of the Lord. He's talking about those who have been experienced that marvelous new birth. And everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him, who is begotten of him. Five times in these verses of scriptures, in these three verses, John uses the word love. Uses the word love. John is the apostle of love. He talks more about love than any other apostle, any other writer. He talks about love. And he says that that love that you have, when you've been born into the family of God, it will be expressed in two different ways. First of all, he says that love will be to the Father. That love will be to the Father. Look what he says there in verse 1. And everyone who loves him. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Father. He's talking about the Father in heaven. The one that who created you. The one that who sent the Lord Jesus Christ into this world. And everyone who loves him, begot also loves him who is begotten of him. If you're a Christian, the Bible says that there will be a love that you will have for the Father. It's not a superficial love, but it's a supernatural love. It is a love not just as your Creator, but it's a love that a child has for his father. When my dad was living, there were really only two people could love him that the way that this Bible is talking about. A child loves his father. And that was me and my brother. Nobody else could love my dad the way that me and my brother. Why? It's because of that relationship that we had with him. We were born into his family. We were a part of the seed that, that he gave that we might be born into that family. And therefore, there developed a special type of love that a child has for his earthly father. John is saying, I want you to understand, there is a special type of love. That when a child is born into the family of God, that you're going to love your heavenly father. It's a supernatural love. I think it's interesting. We kind of proud about this. We say, well, 96% of all Americans believe in God. Well, so what? Just because you believe in God doesn't know that doesn't mean that you know God. Ninety-six percent of Americans don't know God. 
They say they believe in God, but they don't know God. And my friend, I want you to understand, there's something about the way that you love the Father. You love the Father by loving His Son. You worship the Father by worshiping His Son. You adore the Father. You magnify the Father. You glorify the Father by magnifying and glorifying His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. How I sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Actually, what I'm singing, oh, how I love my Father. And friend, I want you to understand, you can't have a relationship with God unless you have a relationship with His Son. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except by me. I have a relationship with my Father through His Son. I have a love for my Father as I love His Son. Oh, the scientists may know God as their great Creator. The philosopher may know God as the great one that knows all. The doctor may know God as the great healer. The lawyer may know him as the great judge, but they don't know him as the father unless they have come and been born into the family of God and have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And by doing so, you have been born into that family. And when you were born into that family, you have developed a love for that family. This is what he's talking about. I was reading... Many, many years ago, there was a, this man, he was an auditor, and he had taken all the numbers and he was putting in his ledger with a ballpoint pen. And there he had the well of that ink, and as he was very precisely putting those numbers in that ledger. His little boy comes running and jumps into his lap. And when he does, he hits his arm and the well of that ink fell over on top of that ledger and just destroyed all of his work that he had been working on for the last several hours. Before the father knew it, he screamed at the son, Son, what have you done? The little boy looked up at him with tears in his eyes. And he says, Dad, all I wanted to do was jump up in your lap and tell you how much I love you. And about that time, that father felt about that big. And he thought, my, my, my. I'm sure glad that my heavenly father always has time for me. As he is flinging the stars in the sky... And he's taking care of all the business in the world that when I want to jump up in his lap and cry out, Abba, Father, he always has time for me. Oh, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that I have a love for my Father. And that tells me I I am a child of the living God. That tells me there is a birthmark in my life. 
I'm so grateful right now that there's a spirit that cries within me. Abba, Father, Daddy, God. Grateful for that. But then, not only do I have the conviction that I have the love for the Father, but also the love for the family. I can look across the congregation and I can say with all sincerity of my heart, I love you. And it's not superficial. And the reason I can say that is because that when Christ came into my life and I've been born into the family of God, there gave me a a wonderful birthmark, a trait of a love for my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Listen to what the Bible says in verses in verse two. What he says. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. My friend, I always have a problem with people who cannot have a desire and have an ambition of wanting to get along with the family. There's something about having unity and love within the family. There's nothing that can bother me anymore than if I knew that my two sons were feuding with one another. Nothing could bother me anymore that some of my family members would be at all with another family member. Life is so precious. And life is so short that that we should cherish and protect that unity and love that we have not only for that family unit but also for the family unit of of God and God's church. Nothing... Nothing could bother me any more than to know there are brothers and sisters within this church that would be having all against one another. That would not speak to one another. One of the traits, one of the traits, listen to me, the Bible tells us is, is that if you are a child of God, you're not only going to love Him, you're going to love His children. And you're going to get along with your children. And so, therefore, he shared with us two birthmarks. The birthmark of conviction. The birthmark of compassion. But also, look with me, the birthmark of commitment. In other words, if I'm a child of God, there within me gives me a desire of wanting to obey God. Want to be an obedient child. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, I understand love, uh, talk is cheap. We can come here on a Sunday morning and sing a song, Oh, how I love Jesus. And then walk out the door and live just like the devil. That's cheap. Superficial. 
but you show me a true, genuine child of God. You show me a child that has been born into the family of God and who has a love for the Father and love for the family. I'll show you a person that have a deep, deep conviction to be obedient. Look what the Bible says in verse 3. That birthmark of conviction was done by his delight to obey. Look what he says there in verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. That word keep is a very interesting term. It means to attend. That I take his commandments and I attend to his commandments. I attend to his work. Some of you ladies, when you are baking a cake, you could also say you're attending to that cake. You're watching over that cake, making sure that you, as you have taken the recipe and you fixed up the recipe and you put it in the oven, that you're attending to it. That's the same type of understanding that John is describing to us here in this passage of Scripture. I'm reminded of an instant over in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Saul, the great king. God was giving him victory after victory after victory. And God told Saul, He said, I will give you victory if you always remember this, that you do not keep the spoils of those victories. And many victories, he did exactly what the Lord told him to do. But then he came to this one victory and he saw all the spoils, the cattle, the sheep, the horses and the donkeys. And he thought, what a shame. I'm going to keep them. And he takes them and he takes them back to his home. And as he's coming back, that prophet Samuel hears the animals. And these words have been found in the scriptures in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 and 23. It says, So Samuel said, As the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. In other words, have you obeyed the Lord as the Lord had told you? And behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fats of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, and he also rejected you from being king. Obedience. We sung about that today, did we not? Trust and obey. For there is no other way. And my friend, I want you to understand, there is one of the great ingredients in the life of a believer, and that is is that, that as I am been found into the family of God, my heart's desire is to be obedient. 
Obedient to the will of God. Obedient to the word of God. Obedient to the commands of God. And when you begin to look at your life and there is not that desire of obedience, I wonder, have you really been born into the family? Because there will be a trait. And then not only by his diligence to obey, but also by his delight to obey. Look what he says there in verse 3. I want you to see this word. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. That word burdensome means heavy. I'm reminded of what Matthew chapter 11 verse 30 says. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. My friend, I want you to understand as I look at my relationship with the Lord. I don't see God as some type of God standing in the heavens with a whip in his hand and ready to flip that whip upon my back the moment that I disobey. I see him as a one that is an authority, but one that loves me. My relationship with him is not burdensome. <laughs> some of you may have teenage boys. And uh, maybe one of the chores is is that uh, for them to uh, wash the car. And oh, how difficult it is to get them to wash the car. But then something happens. They find this young lady, that uh, this young girl, and uh, they want to take that young girl out on a date. And the next thing you know, you look outside, they're out there washing the car, hoping that you're going to allow them to take that car out on the day. What happened? Not burdensome any longer, is it? But it becomes a delight. My friend, that's the way it is with the Lord. It becomes a delight. Not a burdensome. And then... One last birthmark. Not only the birthmark of conviction, the birthmark of compassion, the birthmark of commitment, but the birthmark of conquest. Look what he says in verse 4. For whatever is born of God, listen to this, overcomes the world overcomes the world. In other words, he is said, as a child of God, you don't live in carnality of defeat, depression, discouragement. But my friend, I want you to understand that you recognize, yes, there's an enemy, but through the Lord Jesus Christ, he has given me the victory over that enemy. How? Well, listen to what he says. Look what he says. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It's not only believing something, but it is acting upon that belief. This is what he's talking about. That there will be a birthmark in my life. Some people say, well, if you can't lick them, just join them. That's the way a lot of Christians Look at the world and look at the enemy. If you can't lick them, just join them. 
But a child of God says, I can lick them and I'm not joining them. Through the faith that I have in the Lord Jesus Christ, the victory that has overcome this world is living and dwelling and ruling and reigning within my life. See, you don't overcome by fighting. You overcome by faithing. Faithing. And my friend, we've just taken a test. We've just taken a test of the birthmarks of a believer. Did you pass the test? Can you can can you stand and say, Oh, I may be lacking in some areas, but oh, I want you to know, I have confidence by the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. I'm a child of God. I look like my Father. I act like my Father. I talk like my Father. I dress like my Father. I walk like my Father. There are characteristics that people can say, Look at there! There is a child of God. If you can say that, my friend, you're blessed. If you can't say that, you can today by receiving His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Bow with me in prayer. Father, thank You so much for Your precious Word. Thank You for the way that you make it so simple to us in having that relationship and the way that that relationship should look and be displayed. Father, I pray that today, if there's one here today that are lacking that birthmark, lacking one of those birthmarks, that today that they would say, I want to make sure that I'm part of the family of God and to demonstrate my character in the fullness of my Father. Lord, I believe that as children of the Lord that sometimes we slip away, we sometimes we fall away. And we look more like the world than we do with the Father. And sometimes the Father has to chastise us. And He chastens those whom He loves in order to child train us to be able to look like You and act like You. May the Spirit of God move among us here today. And as the Holy Spirit speaks, I pray that people will respond according to your will. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, may you be praised as the movement of the Holy Spirit manifests himself here tonight or today in Jesus' name.